Ladies and gentlemen, um, just before we get started, I just want to say that we are doing this not just to follow the trends. Couldn't care less about trends. If this means we lose followers, so be it. We want to do this because it's the right thing to do. Um, unless you're completely off social media or off the news or off any form of information being put out there, you know that there is there has been a very big revolution starting in the United States and which obviously has trickled here into Canada and we can't ignore it, we can't be silent and so we refuse to be silent. We are speaking about the effects of racism, of bigotry, colorism, tokenism, all, all, all that right now. Um, another person of color was killed by the hands of a white policeman and it has sparked the uproar that is what's going on right now. Um, it's not a one sentence. This is probably the, um, the straw that broke the camel's back. And so we want to bring our team together. We want to bring people who have hearts for people um, together and we want to create dialogue. That's what this whole thing is about. We have an agenda. Our agenda is to create that dialogue. Don't be afraid of the word agenda. All it means is a purpose. We have, our purpose is to create dialogue. And I think that is probably the most important part of this. We want to create dialogue so people understand where we're coming from. People understand where we're going. Um, with that being said, uh, I want to open the floor to the team. Uh, we're going to wait for Aaron to come back. Right Switch devices. I just, I don't know why I dropped like that. Sorry, guys. I'll go here again. Um, like I said, we want, we want, I'm going to open the floor to the team. Uh, and I just, I think the first thing we can talk about is our experiences. Um, Aaron, myself, and Trevon grew up in a town called Oakville. Oakville is a predominantly white town. It is, it is affluent, and it's not your stereotypically um, urban neighborhood. You don't find many people of color in Oakville, uh, and so the plight of people of color in Oakville has can be overlooked because of that fact. Um, but I can tell you from experience, I'm sure these two gentlemen can tell you from experience that that is not the truth. It definitely exists in Oakville. Um, I'm gonna open the floor to, to anybody who wants to speak to that. I'll, I'll start, yeah. Um, it's, so the big, so again, my name is Aaron uh, Grant. Um, a big part of why we're doing this as part of Beyond the Game is basically is to spread awareness, is to talk about what's going on, is to have that uncomfortable conversation that people don't want to have. Um, and based on my personal experience alone with everything going on, if you follow me on social media, you saw that I did post, uh, um, I've been posting, like reposting different stuff, but there was a time a few days ago where I had to just speak my piece on my experiences in terms of like what I've dealt with. Um, 
And the only reason why I did that because a lot of my, my friends were pretty silent and it was bugging me. And it's just like, I know it's uncomfortable. I do understand it's uncomfortable, but like my biggest point was just like, Hey, as a person that has been, you know, for me, it's like, I don't even know if it's just like, it's racism, but like, for me, just my biggest thing growing up is just, I'm, I'm a bigger black male. Um, so I've, I've, profiling is just what I'm used to. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm assumed, I, I've always been a person that assumed I was going to get profiled. Um, whether that was right or wrong, didn't bother me anymore. Just like, it's just, that's, I just assume like, um, if you know me, if you've met me, you understand that I'm, I'm an articulate person that loves conversation and, um, I believe I'm good people, but it can be tiring to feel like, not to just feel like to understand that my first impression is always most important. Um, I'm a big believer in that, but I also know that my first impression is very important because I've dealt with experiences where is that I know a person thought I was going to come off aggressive. I know a person thought I was going to come off completely different as a who I am. Um, to be shocked once they hear me talk, to be shocked once they had a conversation, you know? You know, it's for me, it's talking about that little blatant stuff, that little, that, sorry, that little subtle stuff that um, people of color, that white people, people of color don't even notice um, what they may say or do. Cause like, again, like I have love for a lot of people and I know people have love for me, but sometimes we just don't notice the things we say. Sometimes we just notice the things we do, you know? Like I've been blessed. I've been actually blessed enough to know that I've grown up in a, a predominantly white neighborhood but that has never really stopped me. You know what? I'm also Jamaican. And what my father would tell me, what a lot of people say about Jamaicans, Jamaicans are rebellious people. Like, um, I refuse to sit in the norm. I refuse to be told to walk in a straight line. And I refuse to let things bug me if I know that I can push forward myself. Um, so for me, say I've sat in the back of a cop car three times. After my first time, it was just like, no matter what this guy thinks of me today, like, I'll tell you, like, I don't, like, my dad saw myself on social media. He doesn't, he's known about the few times I've been pulled over, the few times I've been in the back of police car, but he didn't know, like, how many, and I was only comfortable speaking about how many, but, like, I know that, like, the day after I'm pulled over, that it doesn't matter, like, and it, it's, 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 and it's, I, I, I'm mad at myself for thinking that because like at times I'm really like, it doesn't even matter because like, it's only going to happen. It's sorry. It's going to happen in a few months anyway. Like it's going to happen next year anyway. It's just like, am I going to be as calm as I am now? Cause like, I'm a person that's like, I'm a pretty peaceful, calm person, but when I'm irritated, I'm irritated. And if you accuse me of something, I'm irritated even more. And that's always been my way. And that's because I've been profiled a lot. Um, but I don't want to just talk about my experiences. I just want, I want to talk about like, you know, I have, I know I have a lot of friends on, on here on my social media platform that have, um, probably never assumed anything was going on. You know, um, I've been called that whitewashed, um, black guy many, many times. I've been called that token black guy many, many times. Um, token because in Oakville I was the only black guy there was another black girl in my grade but I was the only black guy from junior kindergarten up until grade eight well I don't for me multiculturalism didn't start till high school um but in that time it's just like 
every year from like I was a kid, I understood that I could be called, I will be the only black guy in this group. I will be the only black guy in this group. So like even being called the token black guy, it just, at, at the time it made, it just, to me, it even made sense because like I knew I was gonna be the only black guy in that room. Um, and I guess it didn't bother me. Even then it didn't really bother me being told that until there was a time where I was working at a dealership downtown Toronto. Um, if you know where I worked, you know where I work, I don't need to speak the name. Where even a guy walked up to me, saw me in a full suit and said, do you work sales? I'm like, yeah. I was like, oh man, good for you. I'm surprised, like how old are you? I told him, I was like, and like for me, at the beginning of this conversation, I thought that this guy was seeing uh, an affluent black male in a luxury car business in a position that like, hey, good for you. But then he finished off with, so you're the token black guy of the story. And like, but like, the way I just shrugged it off and walked away is cause like, it's just for some people it's a norm that they don't even know. It's blind ignorance. Like the way that conversation was so defeating, the way that conversation was like, hey, I'm, I'm glad that even customers know that like, I'm glad a person can walk up the street and just look at me and say affirmative action. If anyone doesn't know what that means, it's when you hire a minority to fill up a quota. Um, and it's little stuff like that that people don't realize are going on. That's like, I try to let, let I don't, I don't dwell. I try to let, let not let things bug me too much. But you know how often, like, or how many times do I have to be myself, be quiet about it? How often do I have to like, be like? like why do I have to be used to it I think that's my only thing it's just and and one of the things I thought about before in this conversation is just if if I don't hit home to anybody that I grew up with if I don't hit home to uh like especially like the guys that I grew up with um and again like some of you some of some of the guys that I grew up like to this day like from 10-year friendships that will probably never break um but if I'm going to ask a question out loud that maybe like maybe make you uncomfortable is growing up in our school, growing up in our neighborhood, did you ever as a thought to yourself, think that possibly, no, no. Did you ever think to yourself that you couldn't date one of the girls in your area because you weren't sure if her parents were going to let you in the house? Um, if you haven't thought about that, then yes, you don't understand, but it's not, for me, it's not about just understanding. It's about support. It's about being there. It's about not being blind to like little stuff going on and like people, and I'm sorry for ranting guys, but people have been blind to different things. Um, I think this is going to be my last, this is my last example as to something that I want to express because like, again, people on my social media that I've actually worked with, who've experienced this with me, um, who never talked about it the next day, who like acted like it never happened, who like, who I guarantee forgot about it and will not even say that they like that it like, or like, they'll just say they forgot about it. But like, I worked at Superstore here in Oakville and sorry, before I say that, but my thing, I don't want to just talk about police brutality because from my personal experiences, as many times that I've dealt with the police, 
I would literally say 50% of those times someone called the police on me. So I can't sit there and just be like, it's just police brutality because granted it is police brutality. That is the bigger finding issue. That is just, I know I like it, it sucks to say, but I don't want to call the police if I'm in danger because I don't know if I'm going to get arrested before he asked me to call. But at the same time, I know that I've been called the cops on for walking home. Um, so it's, 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 there's, it's a bigger picture for a lot of people at home. Where it's just like, Hey, we're just tired of it. Um, back to my stories. Um, I worked at superstore here at River Oaks. Um, some of you I went to high school with, and some of you I was, or worked with at that store. Um, a few of you were actually part of the experience where I walked into the store to start my shift and the reason why I don't mind sharing the story and the reason why, like, I, I, I never forget any experience I have, but the reason why I want to express the story is that it was important to me to know that like a few people made jokes about this story the day after or didn't even mention it at all. Like it just, it never, it never happened. But say I was, I used to push carts and going into the store, I was met by our new assistant, our new ASM, our new assistant sales manager. She walks up, introduce herself to me. I don't remember her name, um, but she wanted to introduce herself to, the, introduce herself to the new staff. And she met me at the door as I walked in, as my shift was starting. I just got my G2 license. My dad just let me drive his car to the store. And I walked with her from the time I walked into the store up until customer service. Um, and up until customer service, just a punch in. And there was a man there, white guy, short guy, glasses, making a making a fuss he was mad he couldn't find his ipad in the store you see someone stole my ipad i can't find it. he said he, i think i left it in a cart or someone stole it and my sm's like hey i'm me and aaron will go take a look at both sides of the store because if you know superstore here you know there's two sides of big carts areas check both areas came back to customer service um didn't see it Granted, my point of the story is that I walked with this woman from the time I entered the store, from the time I almost got it on my car, to the very end, because I actually refused to leave her side because I knew something was happening. Um, when we came back to customer service, this man looked at me head to toe. Um, and at the time, I was 16. Um, I knew what was happening. It wasn't the first time I was, um, someone looked at me that way. So I automatically knew he was going to... Uh, think that I took his iPad and the what are they called the supervisor there at customer service she looked she honestly the reason why I'm actually kind of grateful the story too because you know what people did have my back people did look out for me and she said to him is like why are you looking at him head to toe does it look like he can fit an iPad in his cargo shorts because I'm just wearing a white t-shirt cargo shorts and a reflective vest that's it that's all I need summertime so I need to push cards I don't know if it's in there did you check his pockets the new ASM speaks and says, listen, I, I met him at the door. I walked with from here to from the time he walked in and he was with me looking for your iPad. There's no way he just started his shift. Um, he made a huge fuss. Um, didn't I honestly, I, I, I was a little scared cause I was 16. I'm not going to fight and make a lot of noise because I, for one, I know I didn't do anything Two. There's just so, it was just so embarrassing. 
you know, there's a lot of people around and they just, he eventually called the cops on me. He said, there's no way that this kid didn't take my iPad. There's no way it's not in his car right now. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he didn't just take the iPad to the car. So the cops showed up at the superstore, River Oaks here. Um, when talked to me, my, my assistant manager is like fighting for me. He says, the cops asked me, it's like, I need to search your car. I said, before that, I'm going to call my dad because I can't let you search his car and know it, no. And my dad said, no, don't let him search your car. I, you just got to work. If they force themselves into your car, then you call me back and I'm coming there. Um, but eventually what they had to do is, which the guy did one time as a person that lost the iPad once, he didn't, he didn't ask one time, check a security camera. And then if he did, he would see that, you know what? He actually, when he started his shopping, he grabbed the wrong cart and he left his iPad in an empty cart in the middle of the aisle that was still there. Because his thing was that my find my own iPhone app says that my iPad's still here. But when you check the cameras, you see that this man neglected what he's doing and just accidentally grabbed the wrong cart and started walking. Did he apologize? No. Did he look for me? No. He actually just walked out. And then when I left, the police didn't apologize to me. The police asked me, is there anything in my car? And at that point, I literally, I don't think I said anything. I think I just walked away and my manager said something to me because like I went upstairs and cried because I knew that I did this whole thing where I had to defend myself on having an iPad I didn't have just to get to a point where the guy still asked me, is there anything in my car? And like, I can't even start my shift, but not one person. And I'm telling you, there's a few people in customer services, a few people at cashier that I went to high school with. Now, one few people made just like, can you believe that? A few people made like little so like, can you believe that? That's crazy. That's crazy. And I'm sitting there like, they're like, why would you think that? Why would you think you took your iPad? Like, you can't fit in your pockets. I'm like, I don't tell you. And then, no, I don't think one person mentioned to me after that. And I was just, I didn't act like it never happened. I had to. I that happened when I was 16. I'm 25 now. Um, but. It's funny how there was a few people that never, and that, that was always thing to me. There's it's little stuff like that. I think can't be ignored anymore. And I've experienced a lot of like people ignoring stuff like that. And you know, this is our time to do something different, to be solidified together, to do what we can for each other as brothers and sisters, as a forum people love for all that love all like I, that's important to me. And I have hate for nobody, but understand, if I know I don't, you don't have my back, if I know that you're not in supportive of just me in general, because when I need you, when I'm like in the mean of something unfair, then like, I know that. And I won't hold any resentment. I'm not a resentful person, but allies are important in days like today when people are rioting in the street. And I think as this outlet for beyond the game, that we can be better allies to people that need it. Um, and if anyone wants to talk to your experiences, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm done. Sorry, guys. That was kind emotional. You're good, AG. You're good. Um, you brought up a lot of a lot of themes that I think are super important to to talk about. Um, you brought up tokenism. You brought up uh, profiling. You brought up ideologies. Welcome back. Um, we just heard from Aaron about his about his uh, experiences with 
with racism and prejudices in Oakville and uh, Trev, I'm not sure if you have, if you have, if you, or if you want to share your experiences as well. Um, actually, I know that you had some points down. I'm actually down to talk about some of those points. If you want to share. I guess I'll also, I'll also hop on uh, along with the points that I wanted to, to discuss. I want to share some of my experiences too. Uh, Aaron, you mentioned tokenism. Um, been called the token black guy for as long as I can remember. Uh, one one of the like one of the things that happens when you grow up in Oakville is that you you have you have certain groups that you hang around with. Um, I remember being in high school. Well, actually, when I first moved to Oakville, my parents were were blessed enough to have me to send my brother and I to a private Christian school in Oakville called John Knox, and pretty sure for as long for my entire time there i was one of three black kids in my in like two or three grades with uh, around me so growing up in that i you know and especially com coming from africa i didn't i didn't necessarily know about the n-word it wasn't wasn't prevalent there it was it, that's that's the north american thing that's that's what happens here so so coming coming here the first time i heard the n-word was in grade five when when a little kid called me that and i i didn't know what it was but one of my friends told me what it meant and i was like but why 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 could you feel the need to call me that right um i had people people saying oh you know you can, can you speak african and, you know, calling out call africa country and um that's not so much racism but more so prejudice and ignorance, which goes a long way and eventually forms into forms of racism. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to high school, I, you know, went to, a, a year before you two got to, got to our high school, um, I was pretty sure one of the only black kids in all of the school, a school of 1600 people, I was one of the only black kids. Um, there were more, obviously, in a few, in a few older grades, but I didn't know any of them, so it was just me for a while. And and the way the the at least the Ontario school system goes, you're in high in high school, you're placed in um, you know academic or applied for you know grades nine and ten, and then when you get to grades eleven, twelve, you go to college and university. Those those are the the streams that they place kids in. And because because of you know. Um, my, my parents encouraged me to to challenge myself in school so i was always in academic classes and sure, i was the only black kid in all my academic classes i was the only black kid in all my university classes um aaron you and i had one class together yeah in grade 12. yeah uh trev you and i never had a class together um i had one class with declan in grade 12 and that's and in, can just imagine, imagine how a person how a person feels when you are the only black person in history class, and they start talking about Black History Month, and then all eyes turn to you as the poster poster child for Black history. You know, like I've I've had some questions like, so so what's it like, or you know, this like you know, what can you can you talk about? How do you feel about this, and how do you feel about that? I'm like, I'm not. I can't speak to all my to all those experiences. My experiences are different different than Aaron's. Uh, I 
I've been blessed not to be in the back of a police car and I never want that experience. I never put that on anybody. Um, but growing up, in, I've been followed. I've been followed in grocery stores. I've been followed driving my my parents' cars. My dad has a my dad has a Jeep. My my mom has a Mercedes, and so like those. And so growing up, being able to drive those cars and driving those cars in Oakville, I've been followed. And people, you know, people can say, "Oh yeah, no, well the cop could have been on his route." Yeah, sure, it could have been on his route, but in small neighborhoods, when I purposely make a left turn into the small neighborhood, when and I know I know the police that the police station is on the right. I no, he's following me. Can I say sorry? Can I say one thing? Because everyone here is from mostly everyone here is from Oakville. There are no routes. No one drives routes. They're all parked, and you guys know where they all park. Routes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you're right. You're right. That's what they get. That's the answer we get. It's it's easy it's easy enough to see that that stereotypes are out there, and it's it, the 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 racism that I've experienced hasn't necessarily been the super overt racism like calling like calling me the n word. I I someone call me the n word like in a hatred tone like it's not going to happen but so, but what's but what is going to happen is people play with the word you know like i had in i remember in grade nine i had this kid um not gonna name him but i had this had this kid come up to me almost every day and and like say the first half of the word and just to see my reaction and and like i didn't i didn't know what to do like i just kind of played it off as a joke because throughout throughout my years those, those things that we internalize you know, those are things that we say, oh, these are our friends, you know, it's nothing serious. You kind of brush it off and you keep going. Um, and so we accept, we accept these kind of jokes. And I think accepting these kind of jokes is a way for us to, to normalize it or a way for us to cope with what's truly going on. And, and accepting these jokes isn't okay. Um, you can even talk about things like, being being picked first for for a game of basketball not not because you're good but because you're black and black people are supposed to be good at sports or being picked first for soccer i i remember i remember in football gym grade 10 i had football gym where this the sport was football that's what i played in grade 9 grade 10 but we you know decided this day we're playing soccer oh shaka come come play soccer i'm like uh uh shaka pick you first for the team like i I don't play soccer. I, I can't kick a ball, but why, why am I doing it? Oh, because you're black. Black kids are fast. What sense does that make? You know, even, even the, the stereotypes that are meant to be good, those are small microaggressions that build up over time and can really damage a person. Um, and I think that's the, kind of, that's the kind of stuff that you see in small towns like Oakville, like small predominantly white towns like Oakville, where it's not a cop on a man's on a man's neck, it's not uh, KKK written on written on someone's garage, but it's those small things that build up over time. And I don't think people understand that racism is alive and prevalent in Canada. What are your thoughts? Um, well, that last statement I think is very very true. I think it's very alive in Canada as much as people want to assume that it's not or turn a blind eye to the fact that it's not 
Um, I know this is recorded and we try to be PR. I don't know in my quest to be honest here, I don't know how PR I can be. So we'll just roll with this. Going on with the same token thing, I definitely can relate to that. Growing up as obviously playing basketball, I was seen as if it felt like I was seen, and I'm just gonna be really quick about me because I want to talk about this whole thing in general. It felt like I was seen as an exception because I was good at basketball. Not, not just because I played basketball, but because I was good to the point where they thought they were somewhere. So that automatically puts a different mindset on them where it's like, all right, so he can't be this because he's really good. So he has to be a nice person because the media's on him and the camera's on him. So he did this, that, and the other. <laughs> and I'm trying to mix with what everybody said. Um, going with trying to have to be first with people to diffuse things, to make sure that you're not looked at as hostile, to make sure you're not looked at as um, a threat, only for them to get comfortable with you and then take advantage of that. That's the thing that happens a lot. With people living in Oakville, with people living in amongst um, suburban areas, and it's something that is not spoken of, it's not talked about. And then there's the situation where they mess with you and they don't mess with you. They say, oh, that's a sick hairstyle. Yo, can I, can I do that? Yo, what song is that? That's, yo, can I, yo, who, who, who is that? Yo, that's some, that's a sick artwork. Who, who drew that? Yo, that's a sick show. That's hilarious. That guy's funny. He's the best comedian ever. He's, yo, can I, can I, can I watch that? Sure, man. You, yeah, you can watch it. Hoping that, that, that like, helpful, hoping that you, how am I going to say this? Them accepting you, you no, know, hoping that if they like this, they'll accept you. That's what you think. Could be true, could be not true. And then, like you guys started saying, those those little jokes start start coming up here and there, just to see how you, how you guys react to it, you know? It's like, I had someone um, come to me at a party once. It was like near the end of the party. And they come to me and they're like, yo, yo, I, um, Trevon, I always thought you were really scary. I've never spoken to this, to this person. I've never said a word to them. I don't think we've even like caught eyes with each other. But for them to just come to me and say that off of like the first thing you want to say to me, it's kind of just like, that settles in as who I am in the, in the friend group, you know what I'm saying? And then you start seeing that everywhere. You start seeing that downtown where, because I grew up where I grew up and I was lucky enough to be the token and I was lucky enough to, lucky is such a, So because me, you, and Aaron were fortunate enough to work our ass off to be good at a sport, we were we were fortunate enough to be put into certain certain friend groups to not look like a threat. And then you travel with those certain friend groups, 
two far places, whether you're going out to the club, out to eat, wherever you're going. And you realize that you can enter these places, no problem, because you're around them. But you look at people that look like you, that they see as a, that they may see as a threat, that aren't in your friend circle, and they're getting racially profiled. And they can't come into this club, but I can come to this club because I'm one of 13 to 17 people that's black versus this group of three black women or this group of four black guys or these groups of, of multicultural brown, whatever it is. And it's just like, no, you, got, you guys can't come in. Like, why are you guys here? Who are you with? Are you on the list? Who you know here? And it's just, that stuff gets so frustrating when, you, when you're trying to go downtown, have a good time. You're trying to just have fun, you're trying to live. And then you realize that it's like, am I living or am I just like going through the motions hoping that I don't get, get, get like accused of something or caught or something. It's, 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 a, it's a messed up feeling, man. It's a messed up feeling to have to go through that. And then to just attempt to bring it up with the people that, you, that you're around just to see if like, am I going crazy? Is this stuff really happening to me? Am I, or am I just doing this like me against the world mentality? So you start like asking around like, yo, you, do you notice? Nah, not me, you're crazy. But I swear it happened, bro. Like, you were, you didn't notice it? Nah, man, like why are we looking at that? Like we we're, we were just having fun. Yeah, but like, like you don't really, so at all, you didn't notice it. Nah, bro, what are you talking about? All right, cool, never mind. And then, so you kind of just move on with it, whatever, whatever to the point where they're so comfortable with you, they're saying things they know they shouldn't be saying. They know they shouldn't be saying. But now I grew up with, I grew up with this person. So, now I grew, I grew up in, so I know these guys and they're cool with it. Are, are they cool with it? Are they cool with it? Or are they, are they, or do they know that they're already a minority and causing any type of ruckus is gonna push them out even more. It just, all right, cool. And it's, it's the blind eye to that ignorance. That's just like, it's surprising when you know people that stay there for you and then sh stuff like this pops up and then they're, they're nowhere to be found, you know what I'm saying? They're nowhere to, they're nowhere to be found or they're doing the those that are doing the bare minimum to nothing at all are the ones that were doing the most when it was beneficial doing the most when when you wanted to indulge and now things are getting real you're backpedaling 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 just to be safe and that's why this little, I love the movement. I love the movement. Unity is the thing that we need throughout all of this, man. And there's a, um, a quick little conversation of like, is this black blackout Tuesday thing good? And it's like, honestly, I don't have a have a an, um, an opinion on that. But I feel like, I just feel like 
like, because there's people that are calling out other people for doing the bare minimum by doing this Blackout Tuesday. And there's other people saying that you shouldn't call them out because maybe they're scared. We're scared. We've been scared. I'll stop. No, you're good, bro. Honestly, it's, as you talk, I hear, I hear the pain. I, I hear the pain. I hear the frustrations. And uh, I also, I don't think it's just me. I think we can all hear the pain and frustrations in, in your voice. And um, it's very real. It's very real, especially coming from, from like a, like you said, from a town like Oakville, where people, people don't see it so openly. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's, it needs, it needs to be said. So th thank you for saying, thank you for speaking. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry going, going like that too. Like this is just me trying to like not raise my voice. Like so tired of being like silenced. I'm trying to not yell right now, but I'm like, I know that there are people that are fighting for what's right. And that's the main thing right now. Cause obviously the media is not on our side. People should kind of tune on watching the media. You should just on keeping in touch with your people and educating the best you can, spreading love the best you can. And that, like, that's that's the best thing that we can do right now. Um, yeah. I kind of like it, um, that, Trevon, that you said, like, living rather than just, like, going through the emotions. And I think... What's far to my mind is that like we are on this earth to like live and we strive to live well but we're really just existing and just like letting life pass us by and i think this has been been given an opportunity to like let's live through this so we can make a greater impact and realize rather than just like you hear a word and you just brush it off and like that is the emotion of like existing. If you can, if you can accept an injustice done to you, then you can accept, like if you can understand that injustice can be done to you, then you should understand that injustice has been done to others. Um, and why I'm saying that and why I want to compare it to what Trev's saying is because me and Trev had a lot of experiences together in university, a lot of experiences together in high school as friends growing up and what he's saying, honestly, some of that bugs me and like makes me a little emotional because like I witnessed some of it. And like Trav can even tell you that there's many times when me and him went like the reason why I'm saying this because like like our our Gen Z like our the kids those those kids that follow us that platform that we have for Beyond the Game all those students that follow us the friendships that you have right now are important though the way you back up your friends are important the way you the way you treat your friends are important like me and trev have been up many times and he could he i don't know if he's if he was there every time but i know i've told him every time that many times when we went out in hamilton someone asked me walked up to me had no issues walking up to me and asked me if i sold drugs asked me if i party asked me if i had a drug on them um sometimes trev was more angrier than me oftentimes trev was more angry than me because like i was sick of it um but I need a friend like that that's going to be angry for me. I need a friend. And that, that can come in any color, honestly. That can come in any color. I need a friend that that's going to stand up for me. Um, and 
it's it's to think that it, it's to think that we don't need to it's it's the judgment of people that needs to stop um one more mean trev went to mean trev at a tv bank in uh hamilton late night once we and him went to a cash we went to a tv bank and this guy walked out of nowhere up to me nowhere up to me when he came out when right when trev came out the atm asked me if i could sell him drugs nowhere up to me he didn't care that i was only 18 he didn't i didn't look 18 i guess but he didn't care that i was only 18 um he just saw uh, a bigger black man that probably sold drugs and that's just how i look at it because people have been saying that to me often because i'll often have people ask me if i sold drugs never have um and as a community we gotta do better as to opening our eyes as to saying something when something's wrong um to see a person like Trev and Shaka say growing up whereas I know the experience Shaka is a year ahead of us and I saw the experiences that Trev is Trev was that guy in basketball Trev was that guy in basketball Trev could do no wrong in people's people put him on a pedestal that sometimes watching it was just like unfair and sometimes watching it was like jealousy because like why there's only so few black guys in school but like the ones that are the, the top athletes in the school you know, and often or not, we're literally put together, like, sorry, pinned together. And like, people don't realize that stuff. And it, it's disgusting. And that happens in high school. Um, but we can, we can do better as a people. And it's, uh, there's a guy named David Goggins that I listen to often. I listen to his audiobook, and he has been quiet. He's a black guy. He's been quiet for a while. And he grew up in Brazil, Indiana, that dealt with a lot of racism, a lot, a lot of racism, but he doesn't talk about it much. He just talks about his book. And one thing that stuck out to me huge that he said in his most recent post, but everything going on is that he understands there needs to be change. But the problem of what's going on is that people need to not forget about the change because he did something. He actually contacted about 15 people to see who would say, who would attest, who would confirm that he went through these experiences in his life. And there was literally only two people he said that did it, which was his best friend and the principal of the high school that said that he dealt with racism, but everyone else, I, I don't remember that. I don't know what you're talking about. And honestly, when I was watching his video, I was nearly brought to tears. Cause like, that's the scariest thing to me. That's the scariest thing to think that like, forget me to think that you guys, you guys as youth, you guys as kids that are like, that could think that like, Hey, um, I just want to, I just want to do my best as a, a black girl, a black boy and just live my life that like, you have to look with your like your you have to look over your shoulders you have to know that if a police officer drives by you you're supposed to clench because you do not know what can happen next you're supposed to know that you're supposed to be as calm as possible that's sickening to me i don't i see some of these statistics about these guys that are killed in the streets and they've they have records of being pulled over or, or different altercations with the cops eight nine times um and then people like to say they're a known criminal um I thought about that more deeply. I've had eight to 10 interactions with the cops. And as far as I know, I have no criminal record. But the scariest thing for me one day is to find out, or it's the scariest thing that I know will ruin my soul is to find out that I passed away because of some injustice. And then find out later in my life that my mom, my dad have to see a list of stuff that even I didn't even know about were put on my record. 
because I can sit here and say I have no criminal record, but I don't know what that cop put on the thing. And that terrifies me about like the kids growing up now. That terrifies, and that's just not Oakville. That's everywhere because I'm sure most of them are just like me, just like everyone in this call wanted to go the next day, wanted to finish their high school career, wanted to graduate, and just that's it. They just wanted to live. That they just wanted to live, have fun. And that's it. And pay attention to what is going on and solidify be together be like Trev said he didn't know how I felt about the uh, blackout Tuesday personally when I woke up and saw it this morning I was a little like I was a little touched by it just to see I didn't want to see anything else on my screen to be honest with you I I like seeing the the solidarity in even the people I hadn't seen saying something just a tiny bit they understood that it wasn't about them that even if they didn't know what to say, which I can't force you to say something, I can be hurt that you don't have anything to say, but that's my prerogative. But the solidity of it all, personally, I'm happy that the point is gone across, but I hope it stays. I hope it continues. And it's, it's going to take a lot of voices and not the black community, not the people of color, and not just the white people. Majority, it's going to take the majority of every body to be involved in this um, to make change. Because personally, as a person that my, my at is Aaron.hgrant, if you don't like the way, if you don't feel the same way in quality, if you don't feel the um, same way I feel, that's fine. Unfollow me, do what you got to do. But understand me that I'm for that I think what beyond the game is, it's for us, it's for the people, it's for everybody. Steven Jackson says, love for all, for who that loves all. That is going to touch my heart. That is going to stay with me forever because honestly, I need the support of everybody. Just like people need the support of everybody. And um, I'm hoping this brings up more questions. I personally don't want to be asked a lot of questions. I saw it, I said I don't want to be educated, but like I'll accept any questions as long as it admits change seriously that's it all right welcome back again um thank you thank you all for for sharing your experiences and for, for sharing your thoughts um on this discussion um i want to move into a part where we now talk about allies and what that means what that looks like and how we can and how we as a system can, can move forward um and i think with with the discussion of allies the topic of privilege has to be talked about as well um a big a big privilege has been thrown out a lot white privilege is is, is a thing and um i know people don't necessarily uh not not even necessarily agree agrees with that um i know a lot of I've seen a lot of people on, on Twitter or Instagram or what, what have you say, oh, white privilege can't exist, I'm, I'm poor too, white privilege can't exist, I, my life is hard. It's like, yes, um, but your skin isn't, your skin color isn't, isn't the, the part that's hindering you. Your skin color isn't your, your initial impression on someone else, right? So um, there, there, there are many kinds of privileges and uh, Brendan and I had a discussion last week or whatever it was about 
me acknowledging my privilege. Like I, I 100% had privilege to, to be brought up in Oakville. 100% had privilege to have the parents I have to, to put me in a position where I was able to go to a, a highly prestigious school. Um, and, and so with, with those privileges, with those platforms, I'm able to do more. You know, and so um, I think people people need to recognize their privilege, be it of all sorts, and use their privilege to become allies in this space. Um, yeah, so privilege has been like a journey, I guess, for me uh, to learn what it means and what it doesn't. Um, I am like half white half Latin American, obviously visibly uh, white. And I think um, many, many years ago when I started learning about Black Lives Matter movement and this idea of white privilege, um, I was really offended. And like, I, it shames me now. Like I, I have shame now feeling that back then. Um, but because I would look at my at my life and not so much my life because I also have had quite a bit of privilege but I look at the life of of my parents and of my family and um, some of the hardships that might not have been recognized and I would think like oh like how people like see me and they they see I'm white and they assume that I have money and that I have like a really good education and um and all these other things um and so yeah, it was, it was really, I would get really defensive. Um, and it took me many years to, uh, just through different sources to understand that white privilege does not mean, does not mean that at all. Like you can have white privilege and you could be a homeless person living on the street. You're still gonna have some, some white privilege because you're white. And white privilege is more so focused on the fact that when I go into a room, I'm not going to be looked at as a threat because I'm white. When I, when I go into, when I get pulled over by the cops, like, yes, I can be also afraid, but I'm not, a, I'm afraid because I broke the rules and, but I'm not afraid because I know that through history, like my, my people and, and the society we live in have been treated unfairly because of the perceptions, white privilege is, is that. Like white privilege is about perceptions, not about SES, um, your social economic status, your financial status. It's not about your education. Like white privilege is the fact that I don't have to think about how I will be perceived majority of the time and that I don't have to spend time trying to fit into a system because, because of the way I look, the system was basically built for me through time. And I think like through the stories that Aaron, Trev, and Chakan shared today, um, that's one thing that's prevalent and all the stories that I've been seeing uh, around, like that's one thing that's, that's very, very prevalent for me is the precautions that people need to take to stay safe. Like white privilege for me is a, is a lot of, I don't necessarily need to take those precautions because I have this privilege of my skin. Um, being white and the presumptions that won't uh, come along with that. Um, and yeah, I mean, we can digress talk about power and everything, but I will slow my rant and just open up for if anyone else wants to say something about privilege or 
I'll start, I guess. I'll, I'll say it's, uh, I don't think I've ever said to anyone, check your privilege. It's just not a term that I've used. Um, personally, I just always felt that like, if you don't understand, I don't want to be the one to force you to understand. Um, it's my best way of explaining my experiences with white privilege is by example. Um, and Shaka can attest to this one. I mean, Shaka have coached together before. Me and Shaka have coached uh, some of you guys, actually. Some of you guys. We've coached some of, like, some of the people throughout our platform right now. We've coached some of you. Um, some of you may not know, one time I was driving out of the parking lot with one of our coaches in my mom's BMW, her X5. And I bring this story to any of my friends, any of the people on my following that have a BMW, have a nice car. Um, do you have to worry or have you ever been stopped in the middle of a parking lot um, to listen to a man yell at you and ask you where you stole your car from? Um, and then to have the person in your passenger seat as a half black male himself um, see my visible anger um, because I had to turn down my music and I rolled down my window to hear what he had to say to me. Um, and when I wanted to take off my seatbelt, open my door and say something back to him, I was grabbed and told, calm down. You know you're going to be the one to get in trouble. Um, if you don't, if, if, if that's something you don't have to deal with or think about, then there it is. I don't know. Like, it, 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 it can hit you out of nowhere. It's not some respect. I was privileged enough to drive, drive that BMW that day. I knew I was. Um, my mom did me a favor. I'm privileged to grow up in Oakville. I'm privileged enough to be in, my parents have been in Oakville for over 20 years. They were one of the first ones on the block because they worked hard. They were the first ones on their block. And I know I'm privileged in that aspect. There's no doubt about it. I was given opportunities that a lot of my cousins, a lot of my family members, a lot of people I know weren't given the same opportunities. And I can attest and appreciate all of that. Um, but it's not just about privilege. It's, it's, it's exactly what Brenda's saying. It's about the perception. Um, It's because it's, and the reason why the perception I think is so important is because I and many people don't have, um, what's the word? They don't have closure in situations like that. I never got closure for the man that accused me of stealing my mom's car. I was told to not yell. I, uh, granted, I'm not mad at the guy for telling me not to calm down. He actually did the right thing because if I would have lost my cool and he would have called the cops on me, there was nobody videotaping at the time to say that I didn't just jump on my car and decide to snap on this guy for no reason. Um, and if you don't understand that situation, then you're not. Then it's then it's it's almost I don't know what to tell you. It's, I really don't know what to tell you um, because it's, I don't think it has to be about black or white, but it is understanding, check your privilege, understand that because of who you are and how you look that like, you don't have to worry about them, about people pursuing, perceiving you in a certain way. Um, and I, I think for me, I want people to understand for me personally that like, I have love for a lot of people that I grew up with here and I appreciate a lot of the friends and family and their parents that have accepted me in their homes and 
because I'm, I've been a perceptive person since I was a child. And I, if there's a few people that I've probably, if they hear me say this, they'll know that I've only been to their house once. It is because I did not like how I was treated in the house. It is because I noticeably noticed your parents move certain things around the house because they were worried I was going to steal from them. It was because I heard your parents when I went to the bathroom, did you see he brought the black kid home? It's because did you, it's because you yourself made a joke about me walking into your home and thought I was just going to laugh about it with you. That's why I didn't go back. Um, and you should probably think too, in terms of conversations you've had with your friends, your parents and be like, has there ever been a situation like that? Did I affect my relationships with my friends? Because people aren't screaming out white privilege for you to just understand. It's just to like to check. It's to, it, it is to understand, sorry, but it's not just to like know what it is. It's to understand that it, it is a thing. Um, I, I'm not going to scorn you for it because it's just the norm. It's unfortunately the norm. I, I, I didn't create white privilege. I didn't say that you just have white privilege. I was just born to know that you have white privilege that I don't. That's it. Um, and Brandon, I think you're 100% correct when it comes to perception. And I hope people understand that you, you should have the conversation with your parents too. Because your friends notice when your parents look at them cross-eyed. Your friends don't want to as nice as you are, as nice as an inclusive person that you've always been all our lives, all of the life, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on about racism isn't just born, it's taught. So understand that as a child, your friend probably noticed your parents look at them cross-eyed. Um, your friend probably noticed those parent-teacher meetings, those little elementary school events where all the parents came to the schools and your parents noticed the only black kid in the school, your parents. And then we noticed your parents ask you about the only black kid in the school. He's the only one. Yeah, I'm the only one. It's, it's unfortunate, but I'm the only one. And it's um, checking that privilege is going to start in all of our homes um, into understanding it and I urge people to speak to their parents, speak to their families and try to see where you can do better. Try to see you can go. Like that's my experience with white privilege uh, growing up. Like I know my privilege, but I've seen white privilege firsthand just as I'm the, uh, I expect to be profiled. If you don't expect to be profiled, if your dad doesn't tell you, you can't leave the house with your hood on your head. If, and I love wearing hoodies, but my dad yells at me every time I try to leave my house with my hood on my head. Don't do it. If you can't just leave your house with your hood on your head, that's white privilege. And that's my two cents. You, 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 talked, about, you talked about racism, hatred, and bigotry be, being hot. Absolute facts. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting because it's not taught, it's, it's taught from people's parents, but how far back does it go? So the perception of people of color has like that that goes back to years and years ago, right? When when slavery was abolished, black people were were were, were freed, and but segregation is was still a real thing. And in segregation, people of color were hated, right? And then their and then people's parents were taught to hate 
that's how people's parents taught their kids to hate black kids, black people. And the, the year just went on and on and on. It's, and the, the little things like Aaron, like you said, it, oh, is that not the only black kid? Like these, these parents look at you sideways. Um, and that goes, and that got, got, that goes the other side when now black parents are teaching their kids to be more aware or to protect themselves, like in the, in the further, in the, the most extreme ways. Like I had, I remember in high school, um, I was, I was getting, getting a ride home from one of my friends, uh, a, a black Jamaican family, and um, his mom found out I was dating a white girl at the time. And, and she was like, Chuck, you're dating a white girl? No, I'm telling your parents, you can't do that. They, they will, they will, you know, they'll, they'll steal everything from you. They'll, they'll, they'll tell these lies about you. You can't date a white girl. And I was like, what? What? I don't understand why, why this, and this is exactly where it's coming from. She's trying to protect me because of all the, the hate that she's felt in her, in her past. And I, I don't, I don't know. I've never, I've seen a lot of people talk that way on both on both sides on like people of color and, and white people um and i i know a lot of people are are surprised by that kind of rhetoric and we're here to say don't be surprised this ain't new this this has been going on right and so um i was, I was talking earlier to brenda and, and people who who check in and say you know people ask me how i'm feeling i'm like i'm exhausted but this isn't anything new i'm tired of the cycle that we see we see someone get killed we see a storm on social media. We see riots, riots and protests. That's a whole other topic we can talk about, but we don't have time. Um, we see, and then we see it die off, and then it happens again the next week, or the next month, and it's a giant cycle that happens. So you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, my hope in this is that people are reaching out not only to see how I'm doing, but to ask what they can do. That's where my hope is: is that people are asking. What, one thing, one thing Brenda, Brenda did the other day. We, when we were talking, she she asked me how I was feeling, and she she. But first, she opened up the floor. She opened up space to talk about this because I I don't like talking about this. It's it's tiring. It's exhausting. But she opened up the floor. She told me she told me about about you know the the, the heaviness that she was feeling, um, and then that that allowed me to talk about the heaviness that I was feeling, and that created more conversation. Uncomfortable conversations, nonetheless, but conversations regardless. And I think that's, I think that is a big part of allyship that people need to understand, like create space for people to talk about what they're going through, create space to, and, and listen, don't just, don't just have it, you know, just to, so you can, so you can be an ally or because it's trendy, create space and listen and put into action what you're listening to. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean to raise my voice or, or anything, but like I just want people listening to understand what we're saying. Listen and put into action what you're, what you're listening to. Don't just sit around and, and do it for the trend or do it, do it for Instagram. Like do it because you care. Because if, if we, if not, don't do it at all. If we can't reconcile our differences now, if we can't reconcile what's going on now, there's, there's, there won't be a good tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, if we can't reconcile what's going on, don't don't look at me the same way tomorrow because I know that you don't actually care. You know what I mean? And like, a lot of a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you know, everybody, everybody's so angry, everybody's so angry." Yeah, 
why, why do you think we're angry? Things have come up in the past, but I think now the, 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 what we need to do is put into action steps that we can properly go forward. And so with, with that, like, do, does, does anybody have any recommendations or, or you know, steps for people to be true allies in this sense? When you when you say Shaka, like the the generation, I know, like generational sh generational sin is a huge like Pandora's box, and I know, um, like people can go for counseling with dealing with generational sin and like breaking the chains of continuing those patterns. Um, so I know like I've experienced it firsthand on breaking like some generational sins that I've had to deal with, um, with our like immigration, uh, family and it's not easy, but it helps like, it helps the soul find a different spot of like what is actually true and clear. Um, and like, it helps support our, our future children and like their future kids. And, and I think that's like the change that we can, you know, consider of how can we move forward with this, of, of breaking those bonds that are not healthy. That's, that's definitely true. And, um, a couple of things I've seen on Twitter is that some, some kids, first of all, before I get into that, just know that the, the generation, the younger generation right now, y'all are powerful because of, because of the technology you have, because of what you see nowadays, y'all are powerful. And y'all are not gonna stand up for, you're not, sorry, you're, you're not gonna stand and just take anything people say. I, I know a lot of people are doing their research. A lot of people are, are standing up for injustices. As difficult as it may be, call out those, call out your parents. If, if you are being taught that a people group is, you know, you know, they're, they're destroying your country, they're whatever it may be, they're bad in any way or shape or form, call out that, call, call it out because you, because you know it's not true, but also back it up. I want people to back up what they hear. So I want people to, to be critical of what they hear and what they see. Because it, because the media has it. Like I mentioned earlier in in in, uh, in this, that we have the agenda. Our agenda is to create conversation, create dialogue, and to move forward in this. Everybody has an agenda. Call out the agenda. Understand what you're seeing. Understand what is being put out there, and really be critical of it. And do your own research. Don't just take things at face value because that's not going to get us anywhere. But truly be critical of what you see in the media. Because like 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 Trevon said earlier. The media is not for the people. The media is the media propagates hatred and anger. But at the end of the day, that's not what we're trying to do. People don't show that cops are hugging people in the streets or cops are walking with people as they march. People people don't show that that people of color are protecting policemen. People don't show that people of color are trying to stop the looting. That's not the, what the media necessarily shows. But the media shows all the anger and hatred. So like really be critical about what you see and, and where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, it's very important just like that to be very, very critical and to be open about 
Um, I think it's important for everyone to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's like the reason why we're in the situation because we're scared to talk about things. So as, as a black person, if you identify something that's, that's ignorant or racial, you should speak up on it. If you're a person of color or if you're a white person and you, and you see something, whether it's amongst your friends or, or amongst your family, it's important to say something just, just so that, just so that that's, I think that right there is what brings, um, people to become allies because that's seeing an action example of somebody defending you is far greater than <clears throat> far, far Excuse me. than anything else right so if if they can, they can show that to you then then that's i think that's the first step because then that could that can open up dialogue if someone helps you out it's like oh thank you for that oh no problem man like i just didn't like i got me the man's path for a while oh for real like what what happened i can talk about that same thing so anything that can bring bring uh, conversation, um, open conversation, and in these conversations, there's things that like we're not asking you. Like, people aren't asking each other to be completely to be completely on the same page. Like once one thing we're asking for understanding, um, asking for respect, just to um, know that we're heard essentially and then because we we hear everybody should like when i say we i mean like our generation our generation is so multicultural like like i have so many friends our circles are big like that you know so it was it was very easy for us to just be friends it was it wasn't that hard because we found things that we were interested in and then came together the this i think the issue is where um the understanding of where those, of why you, um, why you like those things. For example, I like music because it, it portrays a struggle that, that helps me understand where, where we came from, because there's some instances in books where it doesn't say that, right? So you have that in music. That's why I like music. If I'm able to explain that to someone, they'll be like, oh, and, and if they were to ask, you know, how come you don't just check the history books? Oh, I can't check this bus because like the the truth might not be in there. Oh, what do you mean the truth? Like, I just don't we argue the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't really work like that. And then even just like, even if you disagree, having that understanding and having an open conversation without yelling, without um, disrespect, that's 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 the goal. To I feel like that could be a goal for a good stepping stone to create allyship and to create love. Exactly. At the end of the day, that's. That's all we want: respect and love, and that's what a, that's what people want. That's what we mean, people. People want love. People want to be respected. Um, like I said, we don't have to agree on everything, but if we're able to come in, come to a conversation and understand each other at a basic level, I, I don't I don't see what the issue is, you know, and so. Um, I think I think I think we've talked about some very important things here. Um, um, yes, I just have uh, one thing in terms of how we can support uh, each other. Uh, my sister's a big advocate in Black Lives Matter for a long time. Um, understand if you want to make donations, and she's educated me on this. If you want to make donations, um, you don't make donations to a charity. Um, Black Lives Matter is not considered a charity. You look for GoFundMe's. You look for groups and support. Um, 
you know, support those cities that are being destroyed right now, you know, um, support those people, support the families. Um, that's the big, like, that's all everyone, honestly, that's all we're looking for is support. Um, that's it. Just like Trevor was saying, just like that person, that honestly, that person that stands up speaks volumes, that person that like, I don't have to ask to like fight for me, that person that puts themselves in front, that person that yells that name i watched a video of a cop telling and all they wanted him to do was walk with them and he's like let's walk with you we love you that's it honestly i almost brought me to tears because like that's it's just that simple act that's all people are looking for just a simple simple nick of support that's it um and if we can be that for each other that's what it is um i'm here for that because me personally i'm as a person that's uh I can admit, and maybe I have some friends I'll say, like, I've been usually quiet when it comes to things like this. I usually am. Yeah, because it's uncomfortable, mostly because, like, it was, like, a norm to me, you know what I mean? Like, if it if it wasn't somebody on the news, like, I'm just thankful, like, shoot, like, they didn't grab me last time they saw me, that, like, hey, that, they just, they just, and... I don't want to think like that anymore. I want like, and it's not like I want to say like, oh, I'm not be. I'm not saying I want to be ignorant, and be like, oh, everything's cool now. It's just I'm telling you that like, uh, me personally, I'm not gonna be silent anymore. Um, there's no reason for it because like that that silence is what's killing everybody. That silence is what's keep things going. That silence is if you can't, if you're not gonna tell them to stop, it's gonna keep going. Simple, simple. So, so you can't be silent anymore. My personal opinion, I'm not going to be. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, I um, also wanted to add um, to some of the things you guys have touched on already, uh, like standing up for each other, allyship, uh, checking your parents, checking your your friends, checking anyone you interact with. If it's unacceptable, like we need to be in a place where people have an acceptable position. Um, and something that happened uh, for me, uh, um, I was having a conversation with someone, um, definitely not a friend, just in a work context, and they were saying some really racial things. And uh, like usually, like I'm uncomfortable, but I don't want to necessarily go at it, especially depending on the context or uh, my headspace. But it was really annoying me, and so I said something like, "Hey, like check yourself" type thing. And he responded with, "Oh no, it's okay. I tell my black friend this all the time, and and that makes it okay." And I was like okay, I'm not going to speak for your friend, but, like, I'm uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. more and more, and then he was going on and on, and then he was like, oh, shoot, I just remembered, you have a black boyfriend. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said any of this to you. And I think that moment irritated me the most, because I was like, so what? If you shouldn't say it to me, regardless of who I'm dating or who I love, like, you shouldn't say it to me, you shouldn't say it to anyone. Like, oh, don't worry, Brenda. I, I won't say this around you anymore. I will make sure that you don't get mad. And that infuriated me, uh, which is a whole other thing that I could go on about. Um, but I think that story just kind of brought to light for me the importance of everyone calling it out. Like, if you're a person of color, if you're associated with a person of color or not, we all need to call it out. Like, we need to raise the bar about what we accept, like, with with jokes, with the little things that were like, oh, you know, they didn't mean it. Like, I know Aaron talked a lot about this before. Like, with all those little things, until we raise the bar, like, how can we expect people to be suddenly okay raising the bar? But no, I think, like, the onus is not on people of color, people, like, associated with people of color. It's not on 
like quote unquote the other side it's it's on everyone it's us as people like if we are expecting love and are are demanding like we need to stand up and uh yes we need to recognize like like my white privilege and um and where i can be powerful in that um i think at the end of the day it is a, a unified effort like i think everyone needs to stand up um yeah Thank you. Um, I, I, I think in all of this, uh, it would be wrong for us to just say, stand up for us, stand up for us, or uh, just say, do more without giving actionable, um, actionable advice. So in the comments, in the caption, wherever, wherever it is, we are going to put resources where you could go to to do more than just post on social media that 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 can't be it it has to go much further this has been going on for far too long so uh, social inju social injustice has been going on for far too long racial injustice has gone on for far too long um and right now that's the battle um i know when the black lives matter movement started i also was I was like, well, why are we focusing on one group? Like I said, I remember putting on Facebook, all lives matter. So before I truly understood what it, what it meant. And then I learned more that I was like, true, yeah, no. And then I've been, I've been pushing Black Lives Matter since I've been trying to do my best to stand up for things. Um, and I think understanding, understanding what, what the movement of Black Lives Matter is, is, is start, understand where it's going, understand where it came from, and then learn your history, learn about things you can do, learn about things that you can do in your own community. Start there, start with your own community, start with your own friend group, and then move forward from that. Um, does anybody else have Real quick. Um, close, yeah, real quick to close. Um, what you just said is really important. Um, it's just, just how you, that, that All Lives Matter example you just gave. Um, people, it's very, it's okay to, have to, to want to change your, your ideology or how you think. If you notice, if you weren't, if you were blind to something and then you were shown uh, the information of it and you want to change your, your perspective, that's okay. You don't have to feel dumb or feel stupid at all. It's life, we all make mistakes, it's totally fine. Um, with that being said as well, I want to thank everybody that's been in my uh, mentions or my comments, but not comments on my DMs, just, it's just to check in on me, just check on everyone else, how you're doing. Um, Shout out to my circle. Our circle is very, very um, secure with all this. The ones that we connected with are also very, um, very um, up to speed, and they're doing the best that we can. There's like links everywhere. Um, and yes, I'm just really thankful that um, we are in an, in a space where we can have these conversations, um, figure out figure out the positivity needed, figure out the solutions, and I just I know that I know that this is gonna be better. Yeah. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys. Thank you everybody. Thank you everybody.